Face-Off presented by Geico, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. If you guys are watching this, or if you're not, Dad, you're all nicely dressed up in your suit Yeah, it was hard to get dressed up so early this morning. (laughs) This morning? Oh, wait a second. This is right (laughs) after the game against the Jets. (laughs) How quick you forget. I know. I always think we do family face-off in the morning. Look what got into me. Yes. So we're all pumped up. Courtney Lachlan, Craig Lachlan, Dan Nolan coming off a great win that the Caps had against the Winnipeg Jets. Won 3-1. The Caps have now won seven straight victories and in those seven straight dad the caps have only allowed 14 goals against which is an incredible number for me because it means that their defense is so much better much better and they're keeping everything to the outside you and i always have a talk about good ice and bad ice and you've got to put the opposition like the winnipeg jets into the bad ice which is outside the dots when you look at this win streak, the goals against is impressive, meaning their goalies have been good too. Copley was great against the Jets. Hopey has been holding down the fort. Nine goals against the last six. To me, that tells an even better story on how they're having better sort outs in their own zone. I said this on the air in the Winnipeg game tonight, the fact that the Capitals were communicating. They were out of their zone in a hurry. Their defense were on point. And to me, that means playoff hockey and it's right around the corner this is a perfect time to be playing this way and when you talk about playoff hockey I think the one thing that I noticed being at the game at Capital One Arena tonight was the pace it was such a fast game back and forth and to your point dad the Caps got the puck out of their zone so quickly there'd be so many times where it either Go it go D to D to wing who chip it to the center who then chip it out of the zone. So many times they were they just they moved the puck quickly and they while the Jets did have some time inside their zone, I still thought that the Caps did a much better job of their breakouts and getting the puck out, which really helped in terms of getting the Caps their victory against the Jets. When you look at the win streak, what's the biggest? Obviously, defense is perhaps the difference maker here. Why has the defense been so much better? Because it's hard to play defense, and I think now they're at the stage of the season. Once they got to the break, I think they all said to each other, we're going to come back a different team. And to me, it's a buy-in to defense, which is hard work. Fans don't understand why you can go from, say, allowing 21 goals over a seven-game stretch down to 14. It's commitment, and it's hard, and you have guys blocking shots, and you have guys. Everyone says sports is a game of inches. Well, it is in hockey, too. You're in the shooting channel in the right position. Your stick is on the ice. All these little details now have been put together by the team, and I think the little rut they had prior to the break has led to more success after. And, Dad, you and I have always talked, what is the defensive zone? It's the work-your-butt-off zone, basically. And that's where you have to exert all the energy. You have to battle in the corner. And I thought the Caps defensemen have done that so much better in this stretch of winning the one-on-one battles, containing in the corner, escaping, not giving up on those pucks, and then they're able to get it out of the zone. Yeah, before we get on to this show a little more, just one last thought on the way they played against the Jets. They're a formidable foe. You have Shifley, Wheeler, and Line on the same line. They've combined for over 200 points. And Nick Backstrom, way to go, Nick. Talk about being a Selkie Award winner. You should win the darn trophy. I don't know what the heck people are thinking about. He is the best defensive forward in the league. We got him right here in Washington. He might be overlooked, but Nick, way to go. I love your game. You scored. You shut down the big trio. 
And that's my last two cents. We're all fired up here. Yes, today. I am. Because he the, doesn't get enough credit. We should do the podcast after games more often. <laughs> Night, nighttime shows seem to be our thing. I mean, you guys are doing great. I feel underdressed comparatively, <laughs> but I think you guys are doing great so far. All right, Courtney, yeah. let's get on to the real meat of the show here. We mentioned the fans a lot already. Fans have a very important part of today's show. Yeah, so earlier this week, I sent out a tweet, and we wanted to hear from you guys, the fans, any questions that you had for my dad and I about hockey, the NHL, the Caps, and we got some great questions, Dan. So I'm actually really excited about this segment because we finally got a chance to hear from the fans, and now we're going to answer some of the fan questions. What do we got? Let's start off with the first one, at BairdT50 says, heading into the playoffs, what's the biggest difference you see between this year's and last year's Caps team? I got to be honest, I don't see a big difference. I actually think when you look at the record, the Caps have a very similar record to what they had last year in the playoffs. I think if there's one thing, it'd be a small thing. And to me, it's it's their mental game. And I think that they're just smarter. They know what they need to do coming into the playoffs. They know that they can't just coast into this last stretch of games, that this needs to be their best game forward. They need to put their best game forward. So to me, I don't really notice that big of a difference. I just, I like the fact that I think that they have this confidence. And if anything, it's a confidence because they know what they need to do heading into these playoffs. I think they're a team now that knows how to stop and start and how to move their team and how to decide whether, you know, the style of play. I think they're a different team in the fact that I've seen them win so many different ways. And if you want to get into run and gun, Caps will beat you run and gun. If you want to grind it out, the Caps are going to have the horses to do that. I think it sets them up for a very similar finish that we saw last year going to the tail end of the season. I just think that you've got a bunch of guys that are again going to have career years, which we had talked about during last year's Stanley Cup run. You need guys to have career years over and above your horses of Ovechkin, Backstroms, and Kuznetsovs. You need the Connollys, who's been unbelievable. You need the Veranas, who's taken the next step in his development. You've got, you know, Lars Eller. You've got Hagelin now in the mix. To me, it's now the same formula. The formula, fans, does not change from year to year on how you're going to win in the playoffs. You've got to play a hard, determined, really gut-check type games. And to me, the Capitals are in that position now. I'm excited for the stretch drive because it's going to test them. I'm glad it's not no easy teams out of the playoffs. I've had it with them. I want to play the big boys. <laughs> and we got Wait. Tampa Bay three times. We've got You've mentioned that once Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers. Wait, we got so all these guys. The big boys, I have yeah. to ask you this, is Carolina in your book considered oh. a big boy? Carolina <laughs> has moved up from a small boy to a medium to large. Wow. They're not extra large From yet. the kids' table to the adult table. Yes, they are. Also, I, I know. I one agree. other aspect to yep. include here, last year hunger was a big part of this too. They had never tasted success in the Stanley Cup championship, specifically their first title. You wonder what difference maker that will be this season. They seem to be pretty hungry out there, though. Dan, listen to me. I'm listening to you. (laughs) They want to party more than they did last year. They've tasted it, man. Is that possible? They've tasted it. Is it possible for them to party harder? Every fountain in DC. (laughs) They're going to have more fun than we've ever seen. The fans are going to be more excited. You win one, you want two. They want to taste victory. And I feel that 
They have a calmness about them, but I still think they know when the playoffs start, they're even going to take one more step. Yep. And that's going to be the step that's going to put them into the promised land. I, this energy in this room is it's like... great. Let's keep going. Let's keep <laughs> yeah. going. Let's let's not slow down right. here. Okay, this is Kuz Simpsov, I believe, is the handle for this Twitter account. What would be your ideal playoff matchup for the Caps this year? Not just the first round, but the ideal matchups maybe throughout the postseason, first, second, third, fourth round. I think in the first round, I don't want to see the Penguins. You don't want to see Columbus. You don't want to see Montreal. Any interesting one? I think the the first round pick or the easiest I think would be Carolina just because even though they have this newfound identity, I think, I think the caps have too much firepower going against Carolina. Um, I, I actually am really intrigued about the caps Tampa Bay series only because what I love about playoffs is that it breeds this anima, this Animosity? Animosity. 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 Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like late. My brain's might be <laughs> shut off. This hatred towards one another. So yeah. I'm ac- I'm actually really excited about the next couple weeks when they do play Tampa because I think that can bring out even a different level and a different energy with um between the teams. So I don't know. I think first round, I think the easiest one you'd want Carolina. Not that any round would be easy. After that, I think Tampa could be a really good go for the Caps. I really do. So pick one more team maybe from the East specifically on the road there that would be a good matchup. Penguins. I would take the Penguins again. I really would. So you say Carolina, Tampa, Pittsburgh. And then from the West in the Stanley Cup final. And let's assume that it's one of the favorites in this situation. I would take the Jets again. Okay. I really like the way that they played against the Jets. I would take them again. All right, okay, on my side, I could care less who the Caps play okay. throughout the playoffs. <laughs> I think they are a way more grizzled group of players that they've tasted it, that they know how to win now. Courtney, you mentioned confidence at the start. They're playing with that. I don't think there's a hard out, per se, if the Capitals play their game. I think it's still going to come down to, I think you're going to see the Tampa Caps series would be the toughest one they have to face and, and, and east west included like any team they play i think it's going to be one. the toughest one because they have so much firepower they have as many stars as any team in the league and they have a goaltender vasileski and i've talked to coaches around the league they think he is one of the best so he's, now you're dealing with him he is right? top five in like every Correct. goalie statistic right now in the nhl i so. would be very happy with this i would hope that the playoffs would turn out with the Caps versus Tampa in the final of the Eastern Conference, it would be a doozy. I would love that. I think it would be fabulous for hockey, fabulous for the style of play that both these teams play. And out West, I would like to see, honestly, I would like to see Winnipeg against Calgary just because that would be great for Canada. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> yeah. it would be, hopefully, Caps versus Calgary okay. in the final. Ooh. Okay, so you want Calgary in the final. You want Winnipeg in the yeah. final. One last Caps-related topic here from fans. Okay. This is from Caps in 5 is the Twitter handle. Okay. I don't know if you remember, but you know the Caps won the Stanley Cup championship in five games. Mm-hmm. After Ovi retires, who do you all see as the next king, captain, and alternates? My opinion, according to this person, is that Wilson would be the captain, and a big letter A would go on the jersey of Oshi and Carlson. Uh, your thoughts. And actually, Craig, I want to start with you because yep. I think you've – Express your opinion on this multiple mm-hmm. times about who you think is going to be captain. Wilson's going to be the captain, yeah. bar none. I would say 
that when you look at assistant captains, you need a leadership group. I've got to go younger, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I'm not sure... Uh, is Oshie going to play as long as Alice Ovechkin? That's you good. don't know. Right. I mean, you and just same don't with know. Carlson. Same with Carlson. Don't know. So to me, I think Wilson is the incumbent ready to take over the leadership of this team, bar none. Then you've got to look at some of your young guys. And, and I'm not going to say that it could not be a Verona, mm-hmm. who's quietly a very good leader, well looked at, well liked within the locker room environment. And then I would probably go to a D-man, and I think Carlson would be deserving too because he's already on the leadership group. And I think if Oshie's still playing, definitely an A. I mean, doesn't mm-hmm. get better as far as a leader with TJ. But, you know, how long is Ovi going to play? <laughs> like TJ, I heard today, says he's going to play another six or seven years. So now maybe Ovi's going to play another six or seven years. <laughs> it, Ovi might play until he's forty-five to try to chase that goal record. He you know, might, who, might who, who knows? Correct. Who knows? And you know what I what I liked what Paul Maurice said about Winnipeg about Ovi. He said he's not only a Hall of Famer, but he's a legend, and that to me really tells the story of how lucky we are to have Alex Ovechkin here in Washington. I think you're spot on. I think Caps in five is spot on in terms of Wilson being the next captain of this of this team. The thing that I really like that you mentioned these leadership groups, and this this actually just brings up an interesting point of kind of the way that the NHL and sports are going with these leadership groups because you have a captain, but then you also have leaders kind of in different age groups. You right. talk about the younger guys. You talk about a defenseman. And what that really does is it makes kind of everybody – kind of have a voice in a specific group. And I think it's really interesting just this whole new leadership wave that It really stinks when it comes to music in the locker room, though. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> some of these young guys are into all that techno just yeah, like know, you, Court, and know, all that I stuff. Know. But see, I actually had the role when I was at Potsdam of the music. So, oh, I mean, that was, oh, yeah. What was your go-to oh, song? Yeah. What was your go-to song? Oh, gosh. It was always, like, techno, like Sandstorm or... Wow, like, Sandstorm. Never heard of that. I'm sure you've uh, heard yes, Sandstorm. Yes, you have. Have I? I'm sure you yeah. have. We Courtney, go ahead and sing to, it for uh, us. Go ahead. Oh, my gosh. I Sandstorm. can't Come sing on. it. You can, well, just hum it. Hum like, it. I, d- I can't even do dig it. Dig a dig I got it. Yeah. Yes. There you go. We just all broke right. I love this. Okay, so that's all part of being a captain and being part of the leadership group. And to me, I like your idea, Court. Young and old meld together and have a say with the coach and the players. Yep. All right, we're going to go to a different topic here. This is from at JGLuck77. And JGLuck77 asks, what makes bad ice? Bad in quotation. Do outside <laughs> conditions impact the indoor environment? Uh, they're curious about the humidity, temperature, etc. in terms of what makes bad ice. It seems like it's been a conversation point, uh, not only the last couple of weeks, but we saw that during the Stanley Cup run last year. That was well, a major topic of conversation. Multi-use buildings have a harder time to keep better ice. You look at the Canadian cities, especially the Western Conference, everyone says Edmonton has the best ice. Well, that's the only thing in that arena. So they keep it so cold. They have the ice in all the time. It's rarely covered up. But in multi-use facilities, it's very difficult. I will tell the fans out there and to the person that asked this question 
the fact that they test the ice before the game. They go on with a calibrator that makes sure the ice is a certain temperature, a certain depth. They do it at the end of the game. They also have players comment on it to the referees, and there's written reports about the ice conditions. So if there is going to be a long-term ice condition, they address it, and they get people in the know to be part of it. I haven't seen too many things really said bad about the capital rank about capital one other than i think when they have a lot of events and it's tear down put down here come the caps they haven't been able to have the time for it to be good because most of the time the ice if you ask the players is fine yeah, and one note to add to this, changeover crews in general. I mean, talk about a Amazing. thankless job. It is oh incredible God. what this team does, not Correct. only in Capital One Arena, but across the country. You look at places like Madison Square Garden and Staples Center, the amount of time it takes them to change up, it is incredible. But, Courtney, for you, I mean, uh, what are your experiences with, well, with bad ice conditions? And, well, I and I, I think the hard thing to kind of maybe see sometimes, or I mean, fans hear it all the time. They'll hear, you know, Dad, you'll talk about it, or Alamay, yep. you'll say, oh, the ice conditions are and horrible. And you see the puck bounce. And, and so, they're not connecting the dots. So I think what ha- what what happens when you have bad quote unquote bad ice is it's usually too soft Correct. and it's not frozen enough. So what that does is number one, it's going to be almost harder to skate on because your edges are going to it. literally it's like it's like slush. And then number two, you're going to get a lot more snow buildup on the ice. So what that is going to do is it's going to slow down the puck. Not only is it going to slow down you as the skater, but the puck is going to move a lot slower too, and it might bounce off things or ricochet off of a snow plow that or a snow pile that you might not see. So I think when you hear commentators say, and when we said, oh, the, the ice conditions aren't great, it's it's literally that. It's there's snow buildup. They it, haven't had time soft. for it to set. And what happens is the puck bounces crazy. And players that are great, and if you watch Kuznetsov, for example, he's one of the best skaters in the Caps. He skates on top of the ice. I've heard scouts talk about players they look for. They look for players that skate on top of the ice, not in the ice. I was a perfect example of skating in the ice. I mean, I was down about a quarter of an inch, could hardly move. Do Why you'd see Mike Gartner skate on top of the ice. Do you mind elaborating just real quick for fans to yep. describe the difference between those two skating techniques? I mean, it seems self-explanatory in some capacity, but what what is the difference? For skating on top makes you more agile. You're lighter. You're moving crisper. You're able to navigate the ice through tight turns like Kuznetsov, where I was a plugger, and my skates would be <laughs> darn into the ice, and the coach would be yelling at me, could you skate faster, locker? Get going. And I couldn't because I was in the ice. But I will tell you a story about ice conditions. Back in the day, and I don't think many people know this, but back in the day at Capitol Center, when the temperature was 107 when we were playing in the playoffs because the dehumidification center system and everything was not up to snuff, we, when we played a fast team, we actually turned down the ice to make it slow and slushy. We actually turned down the compressor to play in our favor. So anybody in the so NHL this is listening... Like ice skate? Ice yes. skate? we got an yes. ice skate situation. But hold on. <laughs> The statute of limitations is over. So I'm not going to be held <laughs> for any trouble for this. But I do know we sometimes requested a little slower ice to make it more advantageous to our team. Wow. Interesting. I, want another one of those? 
Well, I'll give you another one. Okay. We also All right. we played the Flyers. Is this another one about how you were skating around the rules? <laughs> yes. Okay. We actually put risers in our bench. So during the National Anthem, we'd look down on the Flyers, <laughs> and it would make it easier for us to jump the bench so that they were supposed to be the big bad Flyers. We were actually a foot taller than them because we had risers, which they didn't know. You've got to have these mental <laughs> things. You've got to use your rink to your advantage. Is I don't even, is that a, is it allowed? Is it not allowed? Is it even a? I don't even know if that stuff would fly these days. I, I have no idea. Like, it, it, is it? I mean, I, they want an even playing know. field. It's like I said, because it's not I, the I, ice. I know, it's but the, bench. the NHL yeah. wants everything so yeah. said. I I'm a big person, a big guy, and have an advantageous room. Why are the locker rooms so nice for the visitors? We never had nice locker. Our visitors room. <laughs> now we're going, we're going way. I know. The on the time. benches, have a longer bench for the home team, a real tight bench for the away team. So you really want home ice advantage? Absolutely. Like Boston like- Garden used to be when it was 160 or 180 by, you know, 70 feet wide. That was a home ice advantage. Now everything's about equality, which I totally understand. But I would still like to be on the edge of. Playing in the shady area. <laughs> oh my God! Shady Craig Lachlan. I have never heard those stories. That's amazing. I. That's crazy. And we also had oxygen on the beds once because the flyers we could see everybody huffing and puffing because it was 107 degrees. Well, we were smart. We brought oxygen onto the bench, which was the first time I think NHL had ever seen oxygen. It wasn't the fact, fans, that we were really out of shape. It was the fact that it was really hot. <laughs> you know, you put a tie on this man, all of a sudden he is just <laughs> ripping and roaring, I'm tearing the mic stuff down. down. <laughs> all right, guys. He's let's on go to, fire. Let's go to the next topic. This is a family topic here. Okay. comes from at Julia Christine. How often do you and your dad, Courtney, get on the ice together? Do you play any regular games? And was he your first coach? So that's a lot of questions in a row if you want to take it one at a time. So he was my first coach. Um, If you've been listening to the podcast, I think I said early on that I actually did not start in hockey. I started in figure skating and wasn't really into hockey. But one day I kind of woke up and said, I want to learn to play hockey. And I did Monday night clinics with you, Dad. Do you remember that? I sure do. At the Bowie Ice Rink. Bowie Ice Rink. Absolutely. You came out because you wanted to be more in a team sport. And after you mastered... The triple lux, the triple lutz, the triple jump. Triple sal cow. Triple sal cow. Triple axle. Triple axle. All those. Once wow. she mastered You were an that. Olympian, but yeah. you were like, no, I'm going to go play junior hockey. <laughs> and all of a sudden she says, she, Dad, I want to play hockey. I said, well, come out to the clinic. And she wanted more team environment, I think was the biggest thing for her. It was hard to skate by herself with just a teacher. And that's why I think so many more girls and women are playing this great game. It's because of the team concept. When was the last time that you played with your dad? Played with him? Ooh, actually, I don't know. It's been a while. Well, I mean, we're on the ice together quite a bit. All in summer, summer long. Coaching. We coached coach together. together. Um, but in terms of actually playing, we used to play. We used to have like an, um, a coach's player game at our summer camp. And so we and used most to play. of the time, though, I was the first liner, and Courtney didn't quite fill the bill. What are you? What? That's what? a top. That is such a lie because it used to be me, you, and my brother Kyle, and we used to oh, dominate. That's right. Like you were the back checker. That's right. I forgot. Wow, this you're really is... bringing in the heat. Ooh. Is it 107 what? degrees oh, in man, here or what? Man, the ice reason. conditions are terrible Dad, in here. if anything, here. you couldn't keep up with us. <laughs> oh! <laughs> no, we have played together. I will always, I have a great picture at home, too, of the Lachlan family on ice as a line. 
Yep. I was played center, Kyle on the right, Courtney on the left. It's one of my favorite pictures in my office. I'll have to bring it in one day because we did play as a line. And it was really cool because while I was growing up even playing hockey, while he was coaching, even while I was in college, he had a diff difficult time skating because that was before he had hip surgery. And so this one summer when we actually had a chance to play together was like one of the first summers where you actually could skate. A lot Correct. Of okay, so you know how we talked about guys – skating on top of the ice or in the ice. Well, before dad got his hips done, he would literally just walk on the ice in his skates. Yes, I couldn't <laughs> move couldn't because move. of my hips. So that game and that we well, that picture always brings back memories because that was the first time that we ever actually really played together. So it was really cool. It, it was it was fun. It's a lot of fun. We love going on the ice and, and teaching together and always talking about drills and talking about kids. And it's something that's in our DNA. And all both of my kids, Kyle and Courtney, are heavily involved with that, trying to make players better, and we love it. And we also just love hockey. Like, I say this all the yeah. time. Like, I'll come home, or after this podcast is over, I'll be like, Dad, how was that game? That was – like, not only do we play hockey and coach hockey together, like, we honestly talk hockey Eat. all we the time. hockey, Sleep. yes. More than he wants. He's like, yeah. Courtney, can't I just watch I live just PD and have a beer? I just want to watch live PD and have a beer. <laughs> That's one of my favorite shows, fans. Like, no, Sorry to I say that. I want to talk about Backstrom. How sick was his goal? And I'll say, Courtney, run downstairs and get me an IPA. Then I'll talk about <laughs> hockey again. <laughs> All right. Here's the last question All right. for you guys. All right. This one's not on the rundown. Okay. But it's going to be a follow-up to what you just said. You had a family line. Sister, brother, father. We used to do three stars on this show a lot. Based on your playing days together, first star, second star, third star, how do you rank them? How do you rank them? First star, 100%, nice. my brother Kyle. He, fantastic, I mean, just unbelievable player. Had a shot like no other. So he gets first star. Second star, you know what? I'm going to be nice. I'm going to give it to my dad. Second star. Wow. Because you played in the NHL, so that's got to give you something. And then I got the third star. Well, but it was close. It's really two and a half. You know, yes, it's, that is true. So your brother was the he best was player for on the sure line, one. and then Dad and I were like really tied. Mm. What? <laughs> Wait a second, I'm letting this go through. Well, as I used to tell my kids, uh, Dan, you might like this saying that I used to say that it was when I lined up at center with Courtney on the left, Kyle on the right. It was a helicopter line, and you know what a helicopter line is? I don't. It has no wings. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we've gone from a donut okay. line, which has no center, to a helicopter, because we, we used to be the See, donut that, line That here. was the donut line, but I called it the helicopter line when I had to line up at center, no wings. But no, I would rate, honestly, Kyle number one, mm -hmm. Courtney number two, and me three, oh, because Courtney was tenacious, and I'd have to just say, Courtney, go, 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 and she would just go, 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 and Kyle, of course, would go, and I'd just hang for the... Little pucks little in the slot. Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't move a whole lot, but my hands would move yeah, we do, than my legs. We would do all the grunt work and then just give it to you. You know how you score. need worker bees? You know it, Dan, right? You've got all these people that work for you. Of course, yeah. Those are the people <laughs> I need on my line. It happened to be Courtney and Kyle. Oh, what great times. A lot of fun memories, Dad, that we had. Yes, we always do. Well, thank you to everybody who sent in your tweet questions. That was a fun segment, you guys. Yeah, I really fun, like that. Fun. So thank you to all the fans for sending in your questions. We had a blast. And thank you for listening to Family Face-Off presented by Geico, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. For Courtney Lachlan, Craig Lachlan, Dan Nolan.
not the donut line. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this week's Family Face Let's go, Caps. <laughs>